We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oregon fans, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. In case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. Hope everybody's having an awesome day. It is Thursday, January 26th. Coming to you live on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres, as well as on Twitter. Important to lock in with me on the social media platforms. You can do that by following me at M Torres Sports that name right there on your screen. And if you are here live on YouTube, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to talk some ducks with us. Go on over to the live chat and leave me a comment. Make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. Really appreciate all of the support. I did get a new cable for my microphone, so hopefully the audio is sounding a little bit better for you guys that are that are tuned in. I've been having a little bit of audio issues lately, so apologies for that. I tested it before I recorded and uh, before I hit record that is, and it sounded a little bit crispier, so hopefully we're all good on that front. But let's get into today's episode because there was some big news on the recruiting trail for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks. That is, former Ole Miss safety Ty Sheem Johnson has announced his commitment to the University of Oregon as Dan Lanning and the Ducks continue to ramp it up in the transfer portal. We're going to be breaking this commitment down from all angles, talk about how he could potentially impact the roster in 2023, this recruitment, some background on him as a player, tons of great stuff in store for you guys today. And then depending on timing, I might get into a couple other Oregon football recruiting notes um, because Oregon is headed for a big recruiting weekend this upcoming weekend. Visitors across the country announcing on their social media that they're going to be heading out to Eugene for a visit. As we all know, maybe you don't know if you don't follow recruiting too closely, but Oregon and the rest of college football all across the country is heading into a dead period that lasts the entirety of February. And we're headed for the uh, February signing period, which is next Wednesday, I believe. That's February 1st. Oregon's got some big targets still left on the board in 2023. You're looking at Unipro, Sarah, Christina, California, cornerback Roderick Pleasant, as well as five-star athlete out of Washington, D.C., Archbishop Carroll, Nicholas 
Harbor, who will be on campus in Eugene this weekend for his final official visit. Uh, we don't really know right now if he's going to be announcing his commitment on February 1st, or maybe he could push it a little bit past the traditional uh, the traditional timeline, right? You got Oregon, Maryland, Michigan, and South Carolina all firmly in the mix there for Nicholas Harbor. But let's not get too sidetracked. Let's talk about what you guys came here to hear about Oregon's newest commitment. That is former Ole Miss safety, Ty Sheen Johnson. Uh, Ty Sheen Johnson, originally from the Philadelphia area, Newman Goretti High School. Taishim Johnson was a former four-star recruit in the 2021 class, and he played two seasons in Oxford at the University of Mississippi, also known as Ole Miss. So what that means is that he's going to have two years of eligibility once he gets to Oregon, which is nothing but good news for the Ducks. Uh, a lot of the guys that come out of the transfer portal, at least traditionally, um, you know, you have grad transfers that, that can only play for a year or so. So their, their impact is a little bit more limited. But with Taishim Johnson, you have a guy who's right in that sweet spot in the middle of his college career. So he could impact, he will impact the Oregon roster in 2023 and beyond. So you figure if it goes well, hey, maybe you have another year of Taishim Johnson in that Oregon secondary if he chooses to use it. But, you know, you only need to be out of high school for three years if you want to go to the NFL draft. So remains to be seen what he wants to do with his pro aspirations. Another thing to know about Taishin Johnson with this commitment to the University of Oregon is that his commitment comes outside of the uh, open transfer portal window. So he won't be able to enroll at Oregon as far as I know right now. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. I don't believe that Taishin Johnson can enroll at the University of Oregon until uh, the next quarter, right? Because classes have already started. So that would be the start of the spring quarter. But uh, I don't really think that's a huge issue for Oregon because they'll still be able to get him in in time for uh, spring football. So definitely want to get Taishin Johnson and the rest of your additions on campus and enrolled as soon as possible. I think I think that all of Oregon's other additions in the transfer portal have already arrived and enrolled in Eugene and are uh, in classes at the University of Oregon. So let's talk a little bit more about what Tyson Johnson has been able to do in his college career thus far. Like we said, he was a recruit in the class of 2021, and uh, he wasted no time making an impact in Oxford for the Rebels defense. Uh, he earned freshman All-SEC honors in 2021, where he was one of the leading tacklers for the Ole Miss defense. And then he followed it up in 2022, last season, with another strong body of work he played in all 13 games in 2022, and he started nine of those at defensive back. This is an active defensive back, active guy. He was third on the team in total tackles with 78 for the Rebels a year ago. And here's an interesting tidbit. That number would have led the University of Oregon defense because Bennett Williams led all tacklers with, I believe, 72 tackles last year for Oregon. So, that you see a little bit of the impact possibly showing up right there. Oregon loses their leading tackle tackler from a year ago. And what do they do? They go into the portal. Obviously, they added Evan Williams, Bennett's younger brother, another physical imposing safety. But you get another guy with a ton of proven production and obviously at the highest level of the sport in the SEC in Tyson Johnson, who recorded 78 tackles, to, which was good for third on the entire Ole Miss defense. 
a year ago. So um, that's definitely a great thing for, for Oregon to get this production from Tyson Johnson and kind of projects as a plug-and-play guy when it comes to that production and where he maybe is able to carve out a role on this Oregon defense. Some more stats for Tyson Johnson from the 2022 season. He recorded four tackles for loss, two quarterback hurries, and two pass breakups. So I love a defensive back that can get in the backfield and and uh, you know have a little bit of a role blitzing, right? And that is kind of what his role looked like when he was playing at Ole Miss, kind of a little bit more of that nickel style of role. He was helping and run support, and then he can also – you know, do a little bit of everything. You can cover some running backs coming out of the backfield, cover tight ends. And I think this is definitely what Oregon needs, right? You want a physical safety that isn't afraid to come down and help in run support. Oregon's run defense was among the very best in the Pac-12 a year ago. And adding Tyshim Johnson, even though he is a member of the secondary, only figures to help improve that, right? And help it stay at a high level or even go perhaps a, a step further uh, with Oregon's defense in 2023 under Dan Manning and Tosh Lapoy, among others. Let's see what else do we have here. And then, yeah, covering covering running backs out of the backfield, covering tight ends. You know, those are some of the hardest positions to cover for, for any defender. Uh, we know that pass coverage was not a strength of Oregon's defense in 2022. And um, you are getting your best coverage linebacker back from a year ago with, with Jeff Bossa. And – he was a, a, a former safety coming out of the Utah area um, in, in high school. So maybe we see a little bit of a similar, you know, body style there with, with uh, Jeff Bossa and, and Tyson Johnson. I think that Jeff Bossa is definitely a little bit bigger. Tyson Johnson was listed on the Ole Miss roster at uh, 5'10", 200 pounds. Um, but let's see what, what Bossa is listed at because I know they, they – uh, <clears throat> Okay, yeah, so Bossa is definitely bigger at 6'2", 212 pounds, but maybe that's a little bit of a, a player comparison on Oregon's roster. You know, I need to watch more tape of Tysheen Johnson, admittedly, but um, that's kind of what I'm getting at, is that he's, you know, he's a physical safety that can, can also do some, cover, do some stuff in, in coverage. Uh, he was a really good ball hawk uh, coming out of high school. So I think you have some of those skills to, to work with and, and kind, of, uh, kind of, you know, finally tune right find finally tune those skills and try to continue um continue growing that another thing with Taishim johnson he's the 10th player to commit to oregon out of the transfer portal and the ducks have absolutely thrived they've absolutely lived in the transfer portal i remember i was texting one of my sources um you know a, a couple couple months ago, you know, when the, when the season was kind of winding down across college football and guys started entering the transfer portal and things were ramping up in the 2023 recruiting class closer to that early signing period. And the source told me we're going to live in the transfer portal. And, and that's, that's kind of what Oregon's doing, right? I mean, 10 additions. And uh, I want to say they had, um, shoot, I don't have it up here. Let me, let me check it out. I'm trying to see how many uh, signees they had. Um, so they have 14 guys that are enrolled and then 14 signing their letter of intent. So it looks like that's 28 players from the high school ranks, 28 recruits, and then 10 more out of the transfer portal. So you probably don't need me to do the math for you, but that's, uh, that's a lot of guys. Uh, that is 38, 
38, yeah, 14, 14, 28, and then uh, 10. That's 38 new additions. That is a massive, massive overhaul for Dan Lanning and the Ducks of this roster. And I think that it's it's kind of to be expected, right? I know a lot of people have been commenting, you know, what's going on with the numbers? How, how, are, how are the Ducks going to get to 85? They're, they're going to do it. You know, I think even though the transfer portal window closed for now, I think that we're probably going to see some more guys enter the transfer portal, um, you know, by the time uh, spring football ends. I think that's probably the most realistic option that you're looking at in terms of when you could see a little bit more of a wave of, of guys hitting the portal from Oregon. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. I was expecting more players to hit the portal from Oregon between the holiday bowl and the transfer portal window closing. Um, so I think that that was, that was pretty interesting. I, I maybe I need to do some more research on this. I apologize. Maybe guys can still enter the transfer portal from Oregon and, and any school, but they can't actually, um, you know, they can't enroll at their, uh, at their next school of choice. Um, it's, it's a crazy, you know, a crazy dynamic with transfer portal recruiting because I don't know if they can still take visits, um, now I know the high school guys can, but I would assume that the portal and, um, I would assume that the visit window is at least going to close by the start of February, right? Cause that's a dead period. Um, but yeah, just Oregon's doing awesome in the transfer portal. And I think they've been really intentional really purposeful with the guys that they have added. Um, and just to kind of give you a little bit of context about where Oregon's portal hall aligns with, uh, stacks up with, is a better word, with other schools, 247 has Oregon with the number nine transfer portal class right now. That's not tops in the Pac-12, but if you're in top 10 territory, you're, you're doing something right because what you're able to do is Oregon's in the position now to pair their number nine portal class with the number 11 overall class, number 10 composite on 247. I like to use the 247 rankings um, from high school ranks. So you have a more or less, give or take, top 10 portal class and a top 10 prep high school level recruiting class. And you're using that to essentially Oregon is basically at now, if you're looking at the, the 85 active scholarship number, they've almost retooled half of their roster in one off season. And you're doing it with some really talented guys, right? Uh, Johnson is the latest addition, but you also have Jordan Birch, the former five-star edge rusher who comes over from South Carolina. Uh, you have Ajani Cornelius from Rhode Island, one of the top offensive tackles that was available in the transfer portal. You have Junior Angelau, who comes over from Texas. He played a ton of football for the Longhorns in 2021. I want to say he started almost every game, but he got a little bit banged up prior to the 2022 season and was forced to miss the entire 2022 year. But that's an experienced guy, a former four-star, high four-star recruit. And he's going to project to slide in and, and help Adrian Clem out on the offensive line along the interior. So you're, you're seeing Oregon just really – I think the guys that they're identifying obviously fill a need on this roster. Every guy that they have, I feel like, should have some kind of a role in 2023. Tez Johnson, the former Troy wide receiver, I think he is someone that you know enters a, a pretty talented room. But 
I think with, with his production at Troy, even though it maybe isn't the highest level of football, I think that's something that's only going to help elevate the room. He's a veteran. He's going to bring that football IQ, bring some leadership to that room uh, and, and compete compete with those other guys in the room, like Troy Franklin, Chris Hudson, Trayshawn Holden, who also comes from the transfer portal. So I'm really liking Oregon's Hall and the transfer portal. And just to go a little bit more in depth on where they stack up, where they compare with some other schools, let's look at the other Pac-12 schools in the transfer portal rankings because there's three ahead of them. You have Colorado at number four with Deion Sanders, Coach Prime over there in Boulder. He's reshaping that roster. USC at number five, and then you have UCLA at number seven. But you know how important numbers are. Let's let's just look at how some of these numbers shake out. So we talked about Colorado. Colorado has the number four transfer portal ranking, transfer portal class, according to 247 Sports, with 23 commitments. USC, much smaller, at number five, 12 commitments. UCLA at number seven, 12 commitments. And then Oregon at number nine with 10 commitments. If we're looking at the top 10, Oregon is one of only two schools in the transfer portal rankings that have 10 commitments or less in the top 10. Florida State is at number two with nine commitments. So I think what that tells me is that you're getting really quality guys uh, across the board when it comes to who you're identifying and who you're ultimately landing in the transfer portal. Let me go ahead and share my screen so you guys can see a little bit more uh, of the big picture. LSU has done an awesome job. They they snagged a former duck with uh, Braden Swinson going over to Baton Rouge. Uh, and then Florida State, they had a really good defensive back. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but I think they got what many viewed as one of the top cornerbacks available in the transfer portal from Virginia. So sorry that I'm uh, I'm blanking on his name. And then you have Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers at number three. He's a new head coach in the SEC ranks. And then look at SMU, 17 commitments. They're definitely making some noise there uh, You know, at number six. And then you have Oregon at number nine. Oklahoma at number eight with 12 commits. And then rounding out the top 10, you have Ole Miss with 14 commitments, um, where Oregon just got their latest commitment, Tyson Johnson. So it's interesting to see kind of how, how layered this, this can really be. All right, let's, let's go back to uh, talking about Tyshing Johnson and then kind of Oregon's transfer portal additions. Here's an interesting point that I wanted to bring to the discussion. The transfer portal is really interesting because everybody wants to make, for Oregon, they want to make, a. I feel like, a lot of fuss, a lot of buzz, understandably. Maybe fuss isn't the right word. There's a lot of buzz about Oregon and the SEC, SEC caliber players. There, there's recruits that I talk to, some committed to Oregon, that talk about what Dan Lanning is building. And you could also dial it back a little bit further at what Mario Cristobal is building. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Getting SEC caliber guys and bringing the SEC out west. And does that mean that Oregon is becoming Georgia? Does that mean that Oregon is becoming Alabama? No, that's, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying here is that I think the transfer portal is interesting for Oregon because it's a new way for the Ducks to get those SEC caliber players. And we know from looking at this Oregon staff and, and you know from, from conversations that I've had with sources that Oregon's going to take a shot at those top, top, top tier guys. Um, you know, and obviously some of those land. Look at Mateo Uyunglele, the, the five-star edge rusher out of St. John Bosco out here in Southern California, Bellflower. They took a, they were taking swings at him. I told you guys I was around Bosco all season, and you know from my conversations with Mateo, I never really got the sense that Oregon was the leader, that Oregon was the bona fide number one school for him, and everybody was recruiting Mateo. You have Ohio State, you have USC just up the road. A lot of people are talking about what a huge miss that is for Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch and, and that staff when you have a guy of Mateo's caliber in your own backyard. But what did Oregon do? They stayed on Mateo. Dan Lanning, Tosh LePoy, Tony Tuioti, the whole staff. Oregon has such a, a, a full-team approach with recruits that it's never just usually one guy. So that's the point I'm making is that they're they're still going to take the swings at those top tier guys, at guys like Darion Dickey, who was a high four star when Oregon got on him, and then he just kept seeing his stock increase, you know, as the cycle wore on. And then by the time all these, you know, bigger name programs like Penn State, Tennessee, Georgia, they came calling, and Oregon was already there. Oregon was there. Junior Adams was there before before uh, before Jurion blew up. So they're still going to take swings at those guys, but Mateo, Durian, those are West Coast guys, guys that typically Oregon has a better shot at. So now you look at the transfer portal, and they're able to tap into some of these previous connections from Dan Lanning's time at Georgia, from Marshall Malko's time at Texas A&M in Georgia, from Tosh Lapoy's time at Alabama, from Jake Long's time at Alabama. And you're able to leverage those connections to get guys out of the transfer portal from SEC programs. And maybe that's just something that we're seeing this staff do more than Mario Cristobal's staff. Um, but I, I just think I wanted to maybe I could do an episode comparing Oregon's 2022 transfer portal hall to the 2023 transfer portal hall, which may not be finished just yet. But you look at all those additions that Dan Lanning made in the 2022 class so many of them had an impact on last year's team. Christian Gonzalez, 
plug and play number one corner, shutdown guy head to the NFL draft. Chase Coda, number two wide receiver, got a little bit banged up, but was super, super consistent, super reliable for Bo Nix all throughout last season. You have Casey Rogers, Jordan Riley, Sam Taimani. All those guys were, were pretty impact players on the defensive line. I think I'd put Casey Rogers probably at the top of, the, of those three, but they provided valuable depth. And now you have numerous SEC guys. And I'm not trying to say, you know, wow, they, Oregon has to go to the SEC. The point I'm making is this. We all know that the SEC is the best football in the country. Um, if you're able to go get those SEC guys, that's that's usually an improvement for your program, you know, an upgrade for your program. So you go get Trajan Holden, the wide receiver from Alabama. You go get Kyrie Jackson, the cornerback from Alabama. You go get your Jordan Birch from South Carolina. And those are all high-level players that – we're good at their recent spots, but maybe they get to Oregon and it's like, hey, man, let's let's take it to the next level. You know, it's kind of a fresh start, right? And the other point I want to hit on with the transfer portal, and then we'll kind of get on to more of the, the impact of this commitment. I don't know what the numbers are. I put a tweet about – I tweeted this out the other day. I don't know what the numbers are for Oregon's success rate, but look at the guys that they have brought in for visits from the transfer portal – and which ones which ones haven't committed to Oregon? Like that would probably be easier to identify because Jordan Birch came in for a visit, committed. Connor Soley, former Arizona State linebacker, visited, committed. Trey Fon Holden, visited, committed. Um, Kyrie Jackson, former Alabama cornerback, visited, committed. Evan Williams, they, I, I don't know who they've missed on that they've brought in in the portal, but it shows me that they're bringing guys on campus for visits out of the transfer portal that they know they have a good shot at. Tyson Johnson was on campus for a recent visit to Oregon, took that visit with the Ducks, then went out to Coral Gables for a visit to Miami. After that trip, saw enough, hey man, I'm going to be a Duck. So um, so that was, that was, that was big uh, for, for Oregon to, to continue to have that success. Um, we got a couple comments here. So shout out to everybody in the comments section. Uh, Mikey G is here. He said, got to throw this out there, Max. I called the DJ Mateo combo to the state of Oregon on your show two weeks prior with totally spitballing, but made sense. No, I, I definitely remember that. Uh, you did call that Mikey G. Um, it's interesting because I think when some people were talking about that earlier, it wasn't just the state of Oregon. It was, Hey, cause both of these guys end up at Oregon because we didn't know if, if uh, Bo Nix was going to come back. But but that that was definitely a good on you for, for calling your shot, and, and that's going to be super fun to see those guys go against each other in the uh, annual rivalry game uh, with Oregon and Oregon State. All right, Miguel has a question here that we can use to transfer to the next part of the, the segment. Miguel Cruz asks, does that mean Steve Stevens or Jamal Hill will transfer? Well, right now I wouldn't think that that's the case seeing that um, both of those guys are coming back. It's it's funny. They didn't – I don't think they formally announced it, but uh, I know James Crepia of the Oregonian uh, had, had both of those stories, I believe, saying that Jamal Hill and Stevens are both going to be back in 2023. So this kind of begs the question, what does Oregon's safety room look like in 2023 now that Tyson Johnson has committed to the University of Oregon? Well, we have a lot of talent, a lot of experience, uh, and here are some of the guys that you have. You have Evan Williams, who comes over from Fresno State, Jamal Hill, Steve Stevens, two two veterans that have played a ton of football for Oregon. 
Uh, I both I think that both of them would tell you that they probably you know wish they were a little bit farther along in their development and maybe they haven't reached the level of play that they wanted to and that's part of the reason they're coming back you know in other words maybe they're not ready for the NFL excuse me we also have Damon David uh, who's uh, played a decent amount of snaps coming over from the Baltimore area in the 2021 class you have JJ Greenfield and then some younger guys Trajan Williams in the 2022 class, Cody Glambra, Tyler Turner, two 2023 signees. And there's also a big question mark. What's, uh, what's in store for Brian Addison? He was uh, arguably one of the top, if not the top, safety for Oregon last year. I feel like he really took a step forward, and, and he's been an interesting guy to track, seeing that he came to Oregon as one of the top athletes in the 2018 class. you remember he initially committed to UCLA, uh, but ended up at Oregon. And he bounced back and forth a little bit between defensive back and wide receiver. Um, So we don't know what he's doing in 2023 just yet, but I feel like you get these two additions and you have some really solid guys that you could probably, you know, bring in as potential starters in Taishin Johnson and Evan Williams at the university of Oregon. And so I don't think this necessarily means that Steve Stevens or Jamal Hill will transfer uh, or may transfer. I, I don't really think that that's, Super likely at this point, if I had to guess. But what it does tell you is that this room's crowded. This safety room is is definitely crowded, and you have guys like Jamal Hill and Steve Stevens who have played a lot of football. But you know, where, where does where do they stand in the pecking order of you know top safeties that Oregon has available on their roster, especially now that you have these two additions with Evan Williams and Taichim Johnson? So I think it it kind of kind of complicates the, the safety picture, but you also just are giving yourself more options and, and probably better options to, to choose from overall. So what else are they going to get at? Oh, that's the other point that I was going to get at. Um, it's awesome that this commitment comes for Oregon when it does, because earlier in the day on Wednesday, when Taishim Johnson committed, Oregon formally announced the hire of Chris Hampton as the co-defensive coordinator and the new safeties coach taking over and filling a role that uh, was uh, vacated by Matt Pavlich, uh, who was o- only in Oregon for a year. You know, he had connections to, to Dan Lanning from, uh, from their time at San Houston State, I believe it was, in the state of Texas. But he joined Baylor's staff as the new defensive coordinator under Dave Aranda. So that's a homecoming opportunity for him and his wife. So that one definitely makes sense. But good for Chris Hampton to get a commitment under his belt um, to start off his tenure as a coach at the University of Oregon. Um, just kind of some final notes here as we start to wind down a little bit. I talked about uh, kind of a little bit of a renewed emphasis or focus on the Philadelphia me, area for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks. The last Philadelphia player that I'm aware of was Justin Johnson, uh, an offensive lineman who I believe medically retired from football that came out of the Philadelphia area for Oregon. But there's also a a more recent connection between Oregon and Philadelphia, and that's 2024 wide receiver Tysir Denmark. He's committed to Oregon from the Philadelphia area, Roman Catholic High School, high four-star guy. And Roman Catholic High School is the same high school that produced Hall of Fame wide receiver Marvin Harrison. So Philadelphia has some, some really, really good talent. And I think that Oregon is looking to tap into that talent and, and, you know, build some of those stronger connections on the recruiting trail or via the portal, like we see right now, uh, now and, and into the foreseeable future. 
And the, the cool thing for Oregon with Tyson Denmark, he's already committed. He committed around the Thanksgiving holiday, I believe. I've seen a little bit of rumbling, seen some chatter, rumors, reports that Tyson Denmark could be on campus this weekend. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, big recruiting weekend for Oregon on tap. So looking to confirm that, see if Tyson Denmark is going to be on campus to visit Oregon. But that's definitely, you know, good for Oregon to continue building those Philadelphia connections and, and keep keep uh, trying to tap into that area of the country. I think a lot of people think now when, when Oregon or some of these schools on, on the West Coast go east, they just kind of automatically assume, okay, Texas or the South. Uh, we know that Adrian Clement is very active in the state of Florida, right? They got 2023 offensive lineman Janoris Wilson from Lakeland, Florida, same high school as Cormani McClain, number one corner, heading to Colorado. Adrian Clem has been very active for Oregon in the state of Florida. I know Carlos Lachlan has offered a number of running backs from the state of Florida, like I was talking about earlier. Maybe harder guys to land ultimately, but you're going to at least you have to take those shots for sure. Um, so Philadelphia area, the Northeast, you gotta, um, you got to check that out. Um, all right, let me see. you got two more questions here, and then we're going to wrap up the episode. This one coming from Miguel. Miguel asks, do you think we need more depth in the tight end position? Yeah, I think I think Oregon would be uh, you know better served to to add another tight end in their uh, in that room with Maliki Matavao transferring, uh, Terrell Tillman transferring. You know he didn't really play a whole lot there, but he did move to tight end before he hit the portal. I think he ended up at Texas Tech, I want to say, and then Cam McCormick entering the transfer portal and going to the University of Miami to reunite with Mario Cristobal, uh, and then Jamari Johnson. Um, a guy that Oregon was really battling for down the stretch out of Inglewood. He's, he remained with his commitment to Louisville. And then Oregon did also add Kenyon Sadiq to that um, to that tight end room in 2023 via the, the recruiting class, right? Via the, tra- the not transfer portal, via the prep ranks. Um, so you have Terrence Ferguson, uh, Patrick Herbert, um, Terrence Ferguson, Patrick Herbert, Kenyon Sadiq, um, Oh, man, yeah. Patrick Herbert, Kenyon Sadiq, uh, Terrence Ferguson, and you, you probably need to add a little bit more. I think they have some more walk-ons possibly at tight end. I don't know why I'm blanking on that. Let me, let me see if I can double-check the roster. Make sure I'm not missing any tight ends. Okay, here we go. Come on. Here we go. Terrence Ferguson. Um, yeah, you have a – this guy probably looks like a walk-on. Peter Burke from Tualatin. Uh, Patrick Herbert, Tyler Nanny. I think Tyler Nanny uh, transferred to Nevada. So, yeah, that, that room is looking a little thin. To answer your question, I think they do need to add another, another tight end before the 2023 season. Week 42 asks, hey, Max, can you confirm if Roderick Pleasant will be on campus this weekend? Yeah, I think this is a guy I definitely want to spotlight uh, in an upcoming episode because he's one of the priority targets for Oregon still remaining in the 2023 class. Uh, I'm pretty confident that um that he's not going to be on campus this weekend uh, at the University of Oregon. Uh, I reported earlier this week that Dan Lanning was out in Gardena in Southern California, Los Angeles area for an in-home visit with Roderick Pleasant. And um what what and basically I was um trying to think of how to how to say this. I'm, I'm trying to set up an interview with Roderick Pleasant for next week and uh, I was told that he was heading out of town on a retreat. Um so um Okay, no, there, there's a comment about um, uh, about Pleasant coming this weekend. Um, I, I, yeah, I guess I, I could be wrong. 
I gotta I gotta check in a little bit more uh, and do some digging to see if Roger Pleasant is gonna be on campus this weekend. So, um, you know, from 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 what I've heard, he isn't gonna be on campus this weekend. But it looks like there are some reports that uh, that Roger Pleasant could be on campus this weekend at the University of Oregon. So, um, yeah, I don't want to take credit for that. Uh, it looks like uh, Justin Hopkins is reporting it. So definitely uh, some good scoop over there uh, from him. So I'll have to keep digging on that and see what I can find about Roger Pleasant. But the Ducks definitely are doing everything they can to battle in that recruitment. So that'll do it for us on this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Appreciate you guys for taking some time out of your day to talk some Duck football with me. Before we get out of here, do me a favor, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. And then the best way you can support the show is by sharing the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, with your family, with other Duck fans. Uh, I am probably going to be back tomorrow for another podcast, maybe the Mailbag podcast. I'm going to try to record some to uh, you know spread out over the weekend. But that'll do it for me on this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at mtourist sports, and we will catch you guys in the next episode of the Ducks Dish podcast.